and welcome to You Only Love Once, the rom-com podcast with me, Hel, and my good friend, Cassie. Today, we're going to be talking about Gregory's Girl, which is a Scottish coming-of-age indie rom-com drama saga, and we are going to be discussing it through the format of our usual segments Cassie in a moment is going to give you the lowdown of what happens um, although we would recommend that you watch this film before you listen to the podcast if you haven't seen it already just because it is very of its time and it is kind of unique to the other films that we've watched so while Cassie will give you a flawless plot outline I'm sure we would also recommend watching it um, and then we'll discuss the meet cute the racial diversity, how could we make it gay, though, the fashion choices and missteps, our YOLO reboot, our astrological interpretations, the soundtrack and the trivia before we rate it out of 10 hearts. So, Cassie, what the hell happens in Gregory's Girl? Oh, you you, you nailed that. Um, <laughs> to any I, Scottish I, people listening, I am so sorry. So... Gregory's Girl. Gregory's Girl is about <laughs> a teenage boy living in suburban Scotland, should mm-hmm. we say. And he is kind of awkward, but kind of confident. That kind of weird teenage boy combination. Mm. He is a bit sex obsessed. He's a bit of a dirty peeper, which we mm-hmm. will get into later. We will. And he uh, plays in the school's football team, but he is absolutely coasting, putting in no effort. A hundred percent coasting. He's the striker, I want to say, the, 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 the goal yeah. scorer. Yeah, striker. Striker. Can you Center tell? forward. That's what Wikipedia is telling me. The centre forward, and they're, they're doing awfully. The coach tells him... I'm going to look for other people and you're going to be goalkeeper for the time being. And Gregory's like, do it then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the coach does. He, do, he does tryouts. Everyone's a bit rubbish. Yeah. Except Dorothy, who turns up mm-hmm. looking like a young Farah Fawcett. Looking absolutely and, stunning. And she is fantastic. She can dribble. She's faster than the other ones trying. The coach is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Girls can't play football. And she just lawyers him. She's like, did it say that on the poster? No, it did not. I mean, this this (laughs) film was the prequel to She's the Man, some would say. (laughs) Now I can see why you enjoyed this film. Um... Uh, and one day we will do she's the man on this podcast and then we but are. that will be the that will be the uh turning off the lights moment yeah um. yeah that will be our final episode because cassie and i will have to cease to be friends after we record it oh, fucking hell. <laughs> no after that we'll just swap places forever afterwards <laughs> and she's amazing and obviously gregory is instantly in love Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going around telling his mates, I'm in love. Oh, for how long? For about half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's so weirdly self-aware, yet also completely yeah. 
not self-aware. Uh-huh. So he spends the next hour of the film pining after Dorothy to, mm-hmm. to make a long story short. Yeah. He he all his mates are incredibly immature, except yes. for one friend who is very good at cooking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And all through this there've been like these younger boys who are so much more mature than he is yeah sort of commenting on the situation a a, a very polite uh young boy tries to come up to the door to ask out his younger sister madeline and he pretty much shoes him away mm-hmm. um because he's just he cannot accept that i suppose and then eventually he realizes that he just needs to ask her out. Yeah. So he does, and she's like, "Fine." Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Yeah. He he goes to the date, but then a different girl turns up and is like, "Dorothy can't come. She's got to do some football things mm-hmm. because she's really getting quite serious into the football." Yeah. So they walk and get chips. And mm-hmm. then she sort of like swaps out with another girl and he's like, okay. And then she takes him to another location where he then meets Susan, who it turns out had fancied Gregory the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a day and they she just sort of gets him and he can actually be himself around her and she's very cool. And then mm-hmm. she walks him home and they have a snog and... Then he goes to bed, and that's the whole film. It's just so good. It's it's yeah. so it's so anticlimactic, but also so perfectly paced. Like it's it's a real like special journey. It doesn't go where you think it's gonna go, but it's also not like not in the way that it's like. And then they were abducted by aliens. What? It's just like oh, and then oh, something... I completely agree. I feel like I've said it before on this podcast, but I feel like modern films often, more mainstream modern films, I should say, mm. often have too much plot. Yeah. And at the end, it becomes a a, a sort of comedy of errors, and the, they're running here and they're running there, and it's just exhausting to watch and just yeah. bizarre and and then everyone stands up and applauds and yeah but there's none of that none of no. that and the last person that you see in the film is Dorothy and yeah. she's on the late night run and you can see that she's just she's just doing her thing yeah she's just being Dorothy her life was never about Gregory but she allowed it to be about him for a short amount of time because her her friend wanted her help and like but she wasn't like ever overly emotionally involved she's just having fun playing football being you know a hair icon and you know living her life you don't get to see very much of the girl's world and that's what I think quite deliberate I think yeah you know obviously we could talk about that more in sexual politics but now I want to talk about it now talk about it now Kathy (laughs) this is your podcast you can do what you want (laughs) they it's not like you don't get to see the girls talking with each other loads because they don't want to that would because women talking is bad or something stupid like that it's because Gregory doesn't get to see that yeah he doesn't know it so you see Susan and Dorothy having a conversation together and they're clearly 
deciding what to do about Gregory yeah but it's but you see them through a window yeah so you don't actually hear what they're saying you just see that they're talking and and Susan says it's just the way girls work they help each other yeah (laughs) it's uh, I just love it I love it and I do want to uh come back to the the girls in in the reboot section because I I have many thoughts but they yeah their absence well not their absence but the absence of the knowledge of what they're really doing is very intentional I agree and it's like yeah because we're meant to be with this is Gregory's story this isn't their story this is just a story about him and his like literally like a week or two of his life like it's it's not that deep you know and I like that you know it's it's not that deep it's sweet and fun and has some serious moments but it's ultimately just like a playful fun movie and I really enjoyed it and I was saying to Cassie just before we started recording I like watched this in the morning and like ate my breakfast while I watched it and it was such a nice way to start the day because it's like silly and engaging but it's it's like the right energy level for a morning viewing if anyone like me enjoys watching something in the morning definitely I kind of see this film as a an a very early forerunner to the in-betweeners because they're kind of a similar group of friends Gregory and his friends yeah I see that they're both kind of like boys that are like not super uncool but not super cool and just kind of like girl and sex obsessed and yeah. like but also the it's all I mean obviously the in-betweeners did kind of I think jump the shark a bit I don't know if you've seen the film it's quite atrocious see I went to see it at the cinema oh my god yeah but yeah should we should we talk about the meet cute because I it's it's not as straightforward as it might appear because when we when because I'd not seen this before, so I didn't really know what to expect. And so when when as soon as Dorothy came into the picture, I was like, "Oh, this is the girl. This is the love interest. She's beautiful. She's witty. She's smart. She's good at football. She's cool, calm, and collected. Like this is she is the rom com girl, right? That she's perfect. And yeah, he asks her on a date, and she says, "Yeah." And I'm like, "This is so cute." And then it's only. W- in the final 20 minutes of the film you know when when he's on this date with lots of different girls and you're a bit like wait what's going on that then he actually meets his meet cute which is Susan which is who he actually wanted to be on a date with and I just thought it was really kind of like it just kept me interested the whole time and yeah the the meet cute of him meeting Dorothy at football was really cute and it was a natural in for both of them and then when he met with Susan on the on the walk date the date walk they they have a really lovely time and they like lie down on the floor and they swap hats and they dance like they do a little lying down dance and it's all very cute and I was just like this is teenage this is teenage dreams this is what Katy Perry was singing about this is it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's interesting because when Gregory you know meets Dorothy she's taking his position in the team Mm -hmm. all this sort of thing he's so indifferent about that aspect of it and I think that another screenplay might have tried to make them have like a kind of love-hate relationship or the like climax to be centered around a football match yeah or any or and he has to 
say a say sorry for not believing she could be a footballer but she doesn't need his acceptance so that's completely irrelevant exactly yeah then then um, like it could easily have been a com- competitive thing and it just doesn't become that at all no and <laughs> there's a really funny bit when Dorothy scores a goal in her first match and she's playing so well and obviously the team's known for being so rubbish mm-hmm. and the other the other team all the boys are going up to her and kissing her on the cheek <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah I forgot about that so good uh, it's so funny so it's like I think it's interesting because obviously they're showing some kind of like sexism but at mm. points but they're also trying to kind of I don't feel like even though I think it's got some sexist tendencies as a film, I wouldn't yeah. say it's got any misogynistic tendencies. No, no. And this is what we talked about this when we were talking about my big fat Greek wording as well, in that there is a difference, isn't there, between misogyny and sexism. And like there is, there is, well, at the start of the film, there is some misogyny, you know, but it's not a misogynistic film, you know, they're not no, no. misogynists. They're, sexist because they're teenage boys and it's 80s Scotland and so you know of course they're sexist society was sexist the world was sexist the world remains sexist you know you know they're they're not like misogynistic people they're just living in a sexist society upholding sexist ideas sure but they're fucking teenagers and they're just figuring shit out I think it's trying to critique that I don't think it's Mm. trying to I don't think it's trying to say that those attitudes are good because no. at the end, the the boys who were the most sort of objectifying of women have had yeah. the least good outcome. Exactly. Dorothy, in a way, has had the best outcome. The women, the girls, um, are the ones who've had the most agency, yes. despite not being shown to make their decisions. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of like flips those dynamics on its head a lot in a way yeah. that I think that even later films wouldn't have done. We've well got ahead ourselves on sexual <laughs> politics. That bit's going to get awkward now. But this let's is going to be awkward as fuck. <laughs> let's um, discuss racial diversity. There is none. Now yes. let's move on. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh wow, what a great discussion. I love discussing discuss, discussing. I love discussing things with you, Cassie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean... but 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 to get more specific, obviously it's the, the the segment's called racial diversity and representation. And what I will say is that. I don't really feel like teenage suburban Scotland gets very much representation. So although racially it is nothing, one, I would say that I doubt that that was unrepresentative of the time. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And and the the thing is, is it's set in a fake part. It's not set in a real town. It's the town... Click Maston is is Click Climaxton. Sorry, is I mean I don't know why I'm saying sorry. It's a fictional town. I'm not offending anyone because it's not a real place. <laughs> um, but you know it's so yeah. It's hard to like say oh well they're definitely this is definitely accurate of this place because it you know. But I think it's based on yeah like you said sort of like rural ish. It's filmed in it was Scotland. it was filmed it was filmed in and around Abron Hill. I don't know where that is in Scotland, see? I don't even know. Which is in um, North Lanarkshire. <laughs> I don't Why know. Why love? <laughs> well, for some I don't reason, even know where that is. Uh, Scotland. Okay. 
Um, okay, it's, it's it's in Scotland. It's so Wikipedia says it. Wikipedia says it has forty one streets, and for okay. some reason, about half of them are listed. Oh, great! Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> they were really like, we need to pad out this Wikipedia entry. I was I was hoping for some demographic info, and no. all I got was a list of half the street names. Okay, but um, no, I mean, it's it's not racially diverse, but it's and you know. But I don't know how it would have been if it had been, if you know what I mean. Like, would it have added anything or been representative or, or like, been, like, retconning history or something that it wasn't? I don't know. Like, Well, it, it th this film is a contemporary film, isn't it? It's meant to be at the time that it kind of came yeah, out. Yeah, so. it, it was contemporary so... in 81. Now, obviously, that's 40 years ago. And so lots of things have changed since then. But yeah. For sure. So I don't necessarily have an issue with it. No, it's it's different. It's different, isn't it, to when um, you know rom coms in the in the noughties and the tens and the twenties are made, and it's like an all white cast apart from the one funny black guy who cracks a joke yeah. and is just really chummy, but doesn't have any black friends or in, engage with black culture in any way. It's it's different to that, isn't it? Where it's like that's just like tokenism which we've discussed about how much we hate that in the past and it's not like actual representation of like how the world is now the contemporary world that these films are often set in rom-coms are rarely set in the future or the past like that far in the past so yeah I mean sure. like it's different to when films are made with no racial diversity now because it's a 40 year old film you know yeah I think the world was more racially segregated 40 years ago mm -hmm. so I it's not a diverse film but I'm not mad at that would yeah. be the short story yeah how Shall we move on to make it gay yes I mean there are lots of ways we could make this gay but I do want to note that there is a moment in film where Gregory tells one of his friends one of his male friends that he's got a crush on someone on the football team and this friend assumes Gregory means a boy because he doesn't know that Dorothy is on the team yet and he's like oh don't worry Gregory it's probably just a phase and I was like oh my god oh no oh no but, but he doesn't like, freak out about it though to no, be no. fair he's like he's not like no not at all and he's like who is it oh it's probably that one isn't it mm, and um mm. even though I agree, I agree that say, saying that is complete like bi erasure or mm -hmm. gay erasure or whatever yeah um I feel like the line is intended to be taken as him trying to be reassuring. Yeah, no, um, he, he's doing it from a place of, of you know, try, he's trying to be kind to Gregory. And, like, obviously it doesn't actually impact Gregory because Gregory's not trying to come out to him and he's not, as far as we Gregory's know... No, Gregory's all. not offended because he, that's not what, you know, it's it's just a misunderstanding. So I think it's... You know, it's yeah. not like it's not like anyone is suffering from that line. And also, like, like we, you know, these are teenagers in the eighties. Like, I'm sure he could have said a lot fucking worse if he thought that his friend was gay, and he didn't. That was probably a really like considered like a very liberal, as it were, reaction. Yeah. yeah. At the time, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, however, I, I would have loved there to be some gayness we could make it gay quite easily because there's lots of cool 
feminist girls in this film who I think yeah. could definitely be queer. Basically, if um, <laughs> at the end Dorothy and Susan got together, that would have been good. I would have loved that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Dorothy, in my mind, Dorothy is a queer icon because she plays football. She is completely able to communicate with anyone she comes into contact with. For example, she can communicate easily with, with the girls. She's clearly got good you know, strong bonds with the girls in her class. She creates good, strong bonds with her her male peers as well. She has a good friendship with the football teacher, so much so that they do a little dance together at one point. And <laughs> I just, I just feel like to me that is a classic queer kid at school who's just like, I love everyone and everyone loves me, including the teachers. But nobody thinks I'm a teacher's pet because for some reason I've got this air of cool about me. Yeah, she's got a very, she's very, like, comfortable with both her, like, femme side and her mask side as mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's just a very cool girl. And then Susan's also a really cool girl, but in a very different way. And I could just see them being a good couple where, like, Dorothy was, like, getting Susan into football and mm -hmm. Susan was getting Dorothy into listening to cool music. And yeah. they just, like, learned from one another and shared with one another um, That'd be beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, girls just helping each other. Yeah, <laughs> they're just not helping gay? each other. That's, <laughs> that's the gayest thing I've ever bloody heard. <laughs> gay people um, are very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> are you making yourself cry right now? <laughs> I can't believe you're airing me like this on our podcast, Cassie. I, oh yeah, I, I need I need to out hell. Hell cries watching Strictly Come Dancing. I can't help it. I can't help myself. It's 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 the it's the whole thing. I mean, you know, I'm a massive musical theater theater person, right? Which yeah, well, literally when I first became aware of you, I think you were still very involved in doing all your stage management things and I yes. was like that girl seems very cool She's very into stage management though <laughs> so like I think for me it's like <laughs> it's the costumes and it's the way that they move their bodies obviously and it's really like about them learning and I love seeing the celebrities get really like emotionally invested and they always just feel incredible and they're always like this is the best thing I've ever done in my 40-year career and I just think some of the dances are so joyful some of them are so sad some of them are so sexy there's a gay there's a same-sex couple on Strictly this year and there's two gorgeous men and they're just so hot and beautiful and it just makes me cry. I can't help myself. I think I cried about four times watching it this weekend. Wow. Your cheeks <sighs> must have been sore by the end. I mean, it's not like a full sob. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like okay. I've had two glasses of wine and I'm watching The Notebook crying. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, it's like. I love that that's like Zenith crying for we, you. We've, and we've all been there. We've all been there. Please, if you've, if you've been there, please write in. Uh, you can DM us on Instagram. You only love once pod or email us. You only love once pod at gmail.com. What's your go-to I need to cry film? I want to know. What's yours, Cassie? You know what? This is so, like, cliche, but I think the first film that I ever cried watching was Titanic. I mean, 
it's a very sad movie. Um, and I do occasionally have like a little, like, because obviously I'm extremely tough compared to you, which is to say <laughs> I'm not very tough, but compared to you, I I look very tough. I yeah, um, I just I'm very like <laughs> I use my tears as my words a lot, you know. Yeah, that's that's legit. You're so not tough that you sort of like horseshoe background to toughness. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I you know my eye might get a little wet and then um I sit and I concentrate and I pull it back in so I'm mm-hmm. not losing that moisture yeah absolutely uh I don't think I cried watching the notebook but I think I might have turned it off and just read the rest of it on wikipedia there wow wow okay uh, wow oh no maybe I did or maybe I fell asleep and I I wikipedia the middle of the plot something I mean, like not that even, like, I don't I'm not a notebook apologist but it is I do think it's a good film other films I really love to cry to are any children's film so like Moana the jungle book uh Coco anything like that um, oh, Coco! I think did get me to be Coco fair. is fucking such a tearjerker. Uh, Moonlight. Spoilers is... for Coco, but can mm. I just say when it's begin when you, when you all get into this, you know, blah blah blah, where they're going? Mm-hmm. I did think so. They're not quite right about all this, and oh, there was not something all right about that. Mm. You know what I mean? I think I know what you mean. Well, I won't get too into it. This is not a Coco podcast. It's sadly, it's not. A, 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 we need to. We need to stop doing a rom com podcast and just discuss Coco on a weekly basis because it's such a good movie. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the fashion choices and missteps, and then let's take a little break. How do you think about that? How do you think? What I, do lo- you think I love that? that. I love that. I okay. love that. Okay, I think we need to address the elephant in the room, which is Dorothy's hair so fucking good can I just say when I thought I thought it looked amazing and I was like she's fucking crazy for having it loose while playing football Mm -hmm. but then when she's practicing her Mm keepy-uppies and she pulls it in a pony yeah and her fringe is still doing that cool swishy thing yeah yeah yeah. I've never and, and I and I mean this genuinely and I do not say this lightly I've never been so impressed by someone's fringe it was the fringe to end all fringes. That fringe was just insane. She looks so cool in her little football outfit. She really she, did. She just looks like An she just looks like a, cool. She's not she's trying just, to be cool. She's just such a capable young lady. Yeah. And I want to meet her. <laughs> I want to be friends with her. I mean, I don't think she would have been friends with me at school because I was kind of annoying and, and weird and shy. But, um, you know, I think her hair was the standout to me. I also really loved it when um, Gregory turns up for the date and he's wearing an all white suit and tie. Well, no, he's got blue trousers, he's got white blue jacket, jeans on. white. Yeah, he, no, it's not jeans, they're trousers. Oh, are they? I yeah. They were jeans. His, his outfit is, his date outfit is bizarre. But then when he, when he puts on Susan's beret, it becomes such a bona fide look and his yeah. little his little hat hat that he's wearing when he's playing football is so good all the little football outfits are just very cool the football basically outfits are great 
the outfits are really simple but very stylish at the same time mm -hmm. and I actually do have to say that I think that Susan's date night outfit is so cool so cool again very like it, it's not like I'm overdressed but she's made an effort and she looks really like comfortable but unique I love the beret the beret is so cool the, the the skirt is so cool the little jacket yeah it's very early 80s I mean this would have been so it came it I think they must have filmed this in like very early 1980 or something yeah. like this yeah because it so was it's like just turned it's just turned yeah I mean it was first screened in 1980 oh wow okay, at the London yeah. Film Festival and then it was released the year afterwards so it had only just become the 80s the mm -hmm. 80s style was still fermenting yes um yes. so I feel like her outfit was particularly kind of groundbreaking but not too groundbreaking like she is still like a suburban teenager yeah, but yeah. she's a suburban teenager she's going places yeah and she wants to like make herself stand out in a way that makes her feel like her true self and a lot of teenagers turn to fashion to express themselves and that's really cool that she's found something that that she feels good in and that's really lovely I did read online which is interesting that the film had such a low budget that the actors had to provide some of their own wardrobe as the costumes <laughs> now I don't know there's not like a definitive this this outfit was their own outfit that the actor chose but I thought that was fun. I was like, oh my God, I wonder like how much of it and was Gregory's white top, uh, white shirt tie and blazer combo a choice of the actor or a choice of the director? I don't know. Well, maybe the reason he's wearing blue trousers with it is because they couldn't afford to buy him white trousers maybe. to go with it. That's very, um, very possible. And that does make sense because I could imagine the outfit that Susan wears to be one that Claire Grogan herself already yeah. owned yeah, yeah, uh, yeah since she was a burgeoning Glasgow indie pop star mm -hmm. exactly. um, so I feel like that this outfit is very kind of of that vibe to be yeah, honest yeah. but it, it suits yeah, the character and the actor I don't like when sort of teenage school rom-com or whatever kind of things when the kids seem to have a limitless supply of clothes, you yeah. can tell that Susan is wearing her best outfit. Yeah. And a teenager should be shown, like, they should have a best outfit because teenagers have best outfits. Hell, I'm fucking 31 and I still have best outfits. Yeah, I have about three outfits that I'm like, this is when I look my best and everything else is about 50%. But these three yeah. outfits, I would say, are at 80 to 90% range. Yeah. Yeah. Who's got every outfit as a banger? No one does. No one does. Unless um, it's your job to be hot and look good. Yeah. <laughs> but and definitely not a teenager. Not from, no. you know, unless you're setting it in, like, clueless makes sense that she has loads of outfits. Yeah. That is literally what the film is about. Yeah. <laughs> that is the point of the movie. That's the point of the film. And so Clueless is allowed to have share wearing an insane amount of expensive outfits. Of course. Because that's what the film is fucking about. It makes sense. But it's not like 
how on earth did she get all those outfits and why is she wearing that to school it's like it's it's it just makes sense you know well the, the whys of it are written in and you see her getting ready a lot mm-hmm. as well and thinking about clothes mm-hmm. so even though she has a lot of clothes it's not as though it's just oh in the background she had just this perfect outfit to pull out she yeah, frets exactly. about clothes she worries about them hell exactly. i even say even fair probably has a best outfit even though she's got a lot of clothes. Oh my God, I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. Films, have more teenagers having a best outfit. Yeah, and and an average wardrobe for the rest of the time. Or else. Mm -hmm. Or else we're going to come for you and we're going to say, hey, why don't you spend less money on fancy clothes for teenagers and more money on paying all your staff good wages? You know, and also paying us for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. I I, I think I also would say that I I think often films have the teenagers or whoever styled by these obviously like much older people and it's their Mm. imagination of how a teenager dressed or whoever dresses. I will, you know, I, I know obviously like everyone knows of, American telly, they got the money, they got the writing, they got the this, they got the that. And there's a lot to say about American telly. But yeah. what I will say about mid-ranking American telly, fucking hell, get over leather jackets. <laughs> Apart from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where all the leather jackets are extremely well-placed. I don't even remember a leather jacket. I feel like there were a lot of big bomber jackets because it's the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's not a leather jacket. Some of them are leather. You mean like a Danny Zuko style leather jacket? Who's Danny Zuko? I'm ending the call right now. I can't believe Wait. you've just said that to me. Have you never seen Grease? Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, no, I, I knew the name, but I was just like, I had, could not <laughs> Who it up. is Danny Zuko? I feel of like course. if only everyone could see my face right now. I, I literally shock. I I want to like edit this out because I'm embarrassed, but I also appreciate <laughs> that for the bants I should leave it in. This is my greatest shame. Okay, they're allowed to wear leather jackets in Greece, just like Cher's allowed to wear, wear a lot yeah. of outfits in Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. There's always the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. But generally, there's just a lot of telly where it's like, oh, this woman is like not like other girls, and she's gonna wear black jeans white <laughs> t-shirt leather jacket yeah. boots and then long slightly waved hair do you know who you've just described act- yeah rachel from friends she doesn't wear that outfit yes she does <laughs> yes she does she off is often wearing like a nice tight trouser a plain white t-shirt a leather jacket or a suede jacket some heel oh, they boots do, they do start to go that way with her yeah and i, I like, I don't hate it as a look, but it, I think it's so overrepresented on American it telly. I, and I don't care for it. And they often show a character who she's meant to be someone that doesn't really care about, like, the, like feminine things. Mm. But it's like, well, one, you're caked in fucking makeup. And not yes. just in a, like, you're on telly, so you've got to have a bit of makeup on. But it's like, I can see the winged eyeliner. I can see the mascara. And... Who's waving their hair like that? Like, I'm pretty femme and I never wave my hair because that's a lot of fucking effort. Yeah, sorry, I'm not getting up an hour before I have to get to, like, if I have to get up to work at nine, I have to get up at 
eight. I'm not getting up at seven just so that I can wave my fucking hair. Are you crazy? No, no. I would like do that if I was maybe getting married. Yeah. And yeah. then like maybe I would just wake up like fucking an hour before the ceremony and be yeah. like, I oh yeah, but time. if you're married, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm getting married at 3 p.m. So like I, I don't have to <laughs> like I can have a leisurely morning. And like, yeah, okay, for one day of the year where I want to look hot because I want everyone to tell me how hot I look, I'll wave my hair. But like <laughs> But for your for your annual wedding, you can have your yes. hair waved. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not getting married at least once a year, you're doing something wrong, honey. <gasps> this would be a good rom-com and it would be called like the woman who got married every year sweetie <laughs> what a catchy title i love it <laughs> <laughs> and it would be like 27 dresses but good yeah that film was a disappointment We're back in the room. We're back in the room. I'm here in my room. We're back there. This is where we are. Um, I don't know why I was so weird about that. (laughs) You would be an amazing news broadcaster. (laughs) I can't think of a job I would be worth that other than like professional gymnast. I could imagine it. You like I can't do the BBC news music, but that happens. It uh, does. Ding! And then you're there like, uh, it's like 10 o'clock. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing, but this room is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brenda bought us some really nice biscuits. Uh, okay, now I guess something happened with the conservative. There, there. <laughs> I've never felt so seen in my entire life. <laughs> I kind of want to like just be a newscaster now because that sounds like a fun job. The way you have described it in the hell in the hell style makes in the it hell sphere. Fun. Whereas in the I feel hell like, extended universe, yeah, in my extended universe. Whereas in reality, I feel like it would actually be a really hard, really boring job. Yeah, I think that to have that job you've got to be really bothered to do things which is Mm. you to some extent but I don't know if you're that level of bothered to do things I'm really bothered to do things that I really care about but when it comes to doing something I even slightly am unsure about I'm like I'm not doing that (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm very I'm I'm very all or nothing (laughs) 
Yeah, I feel like someone would like back chat to you and you'd be like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, I'm sorry, but this is not for me. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Can I get a taxi or something, please? <laughs> um, yeah. But, but I will, I'll tell you what you, what casting you can do. Podcasting. Ayo. Yes. Oh my God. Bringing it back on theme. Very yes, good. What can I say? What can I say? I segue like the best of them. You do. Um, you truly do. Um, I mean, <laughs> our next segment is the YOLO reboot, which is where we discuss how we would remake or improve this film. I would like a B-side of this film, basically, where we see the girls scheming and plotting together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like a fly on the wall, almost like a documentary. <laughs> like American Vandal style. Like, I want like a mo- true crime mockumentary of how the girls pull this off. Yes. And we <laughs> and we see we see like sort of model, like a model village, but of yes. wherever we are in this film. Let me one hill. Yes. Clim Climaxton. I don't know where you're getting that from because I literally cannot see it on the Wikipedia. I don't know. I read it somewhere <laughs> not on the Wikipedia. I read oh. a few different articles about it and um, it was on there. And I don't know where it was now because I didn't cite my sources because it, it doesn't matter. And this is why you would be a terrible newscaster. Yes. No, I'm joking. As I said, you'd be an amazing one. Uh, I'd be amazing <laughs> for the like four friends that think I would be amazing, but for the actual people who want to find out news, I don't think I would be that good. Anyway, anyway. You'd be like, oh, no, no, I've got a good idea of what you would be like. You'd be okay. like, oh, I think you've meant this thing. Oh, wait. I, actually, I just realized that was a dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I had, I, yeah, I, I. I was talking about this over the weekend, but like whenever I have a dream about someone, if it's like a very specific dream about them, I will message them and no one ever really seems to care. And I'm like, wow, I guess my dreams mean nothing to you guys. Uh, Well, dreams can come true. They're probably just intimidated because I swear your dreams were always like, yeah. And then we were going to this mountain and like you (laughs) were there and then we had a cake. And then we snogged. <laughs> well, okay. So let me tell you the dream that provoked this conversation was that there were loads of uh, like loads of our friends and we were all in town. But then I went and met up with our friend Vasily. Shout out Vasily if he's listening. And we went for sushi together. And we just had a really fun time. And it's so much fun that like when I woke up from my dream, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I've actually spent time with Vasily, but I actually haven't messaged him about it yet because I was like, got too in my head about being like, will Vasily, will he care about this? But then like, but alternatively, then this morning, I woke up having had a dream about my uni housemates and sent them all a message. Like, guys, I had this really, I sent them a message like half six in the morning, like, guys, I had a dream about you guys last night. And they were all like, what happened? And I was like, this really mundane thing. And they were like, okay. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I am not fun to be friends with. This is, you know. <laughs> no, you are fun. I just, my only issue is, I just don't feel that you dream about me enough. Well, the thing is, is that you, you I don't know. I, I feel like you are, it's funny. Cause like my, my closest friends, I don't often have dreams like specifically about them. Like, People like you and Hannah and Tayab, like 
you're all in my dreams. You're in pretty much every one of my dreams, like Zoe also. Like, but it's never, it's not, it's like you are the recurring cast of my life. So you're the recurring <laughs> cast of my dreams. Like when I said just now, like told you about that dream with Vasily in it, you were there. You were 100% there. And I remember seeing you in the dream, but it was like, I feel like because your your presence is consistent in my life, I'm just like, yeah, of course Cassie was there. Duh. You know what I mean? Whereas like if I see like an old friend or like I think about a family member or like I don't know, I see an old picture from uni, then I'll have dreams about these really specific people that I don't even really talk to anymore. And then I'll be You like, have so many fucking feelings and I love it. <laughs> I've got Venus in Cancer. It's not my fault. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm Venus and Leo. What does that even mean? I think it means that you are, you know what you want and you go get it. But you, I feel like. That's true. I achieved all of my, I achieved all of my New Year's Eve resolution, no, New Year's resolutions by like summer. Oh my God. Do you, would you mind sharing what they are? Some of them were quite personal, but what I will say is my top tips for new year's resolutions Mm -hmm. is i strongly believe they have to be set in threes i did that this year yes the mind if you set one or two you're just like yeah sure i'll do that yeah if you set more than three you're like okay now this is too much but the power of three is very powerful i agree three is a very powerful number yeah so I've actually had to come up with an extra bonus later in the year one. Oh my god. Look at you go. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. I love that. My only oh, okay. my only goal I've not yet achieved this year is that I wanted to grow my hair so long that it touched my bum. And I feel that if I don't achieve that goal, it's not my fault. No, I mean that's a very good goal because it's quite passive in a way. Yeah. Um but your hair is really fucking long at the moment. It is. Um, it's, it's almost there. I think I'll probably be there in like February next year. That's very cool. Yeah, I'll keep um, you all posted. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that sounds good. But speaking of great hair, Dorothy, am I right? She's got really good hair. Really <laughs> good hair. When is that vibe going to come back into fashion? I feel it like feels it's kind like... of coming because everyone has got a bloody mullet now. I think I could see it post mullet coming. Back I think it's going to be the post mullet femme, femme, uh, like renewal. I really like the wolf cut. Oh, I don't wait. I'm going to look for what that means. Wolf hair cut. Well, I think if you Google it like wolf hair cut, then it. Oh no! It might literally. I see what you mean. Yes. Do you know what? This is my. This is my pet peeve of 2021 is mm-hmm. people getting the wolf haircut, which for those listening and who don't know what it is, it's when you get like a long fringe with a parting in the middle and then layers sort of down the side of your face, but then you've got like long hair. Mm-hmm. Just Google it. Um, my pet peeve of 2021 is people getting this haircut and calling it a mullet. No, it's not a mullet, and I'm it's glad that they come up with a, a different name for it. It's different. I, 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 I'm I'm tempted to get because it's quite similar to my hair, but with layers, basically. Mm, I think you'd look good with that because you've got like 
a very like good face and I feel like your fringe <laughs> but like as in like you you look great with your fringe straight back but your fringe is like a very like pivotal part of the Cassie style but like I feel like just those extra like little flicks around your face would really like frame it nicely yeah that's what I'm thinking is so yeah I might I might get that done I'll, I'll let you know if I'm gonna get it done though don't worry <laughs> great great um because you're the regina george in my life and i feel like i need to ask you permission to get my hair cut you can Does do that anything happen to you mean want. girls i don't have know have we done mean girls on the no pod? we should do Ugh. mean girls anyway 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 okay so my yolo reboot a fly on the wall crime mockumentary of the mm. girls plotting gregory's girl there is a sequel uh, should... to this film that was made that included, oh yeah, it's awful. That include yes, that include was but made made by the same people and starred Gregory as Gregory. But I watched the trailer and it seems like it's got some teacher student intimate relationship as part of the plot, and so I will not be watching it. I guess this is now spoilers for Gregory's girl too. Okay, he is very sexually attracted to one of his students, and it is very creepy. Well, I guess pupils would be better. I do believe she's sixteen. Yeah. And so it and and I and I don't know if this was actually legal at the time. Nowadays, this is extremely illegal. Clearly, morally wrong. Just to clarify, mm-hmm. but like, it begins, and he's like having sex with her, and they're like the other te- the head teacher's trying to come into the like school hall where they're having sex, and the head teacher's like, "Stop doing that." Oh my god, what? Um, and he's and then he wakes up and it was a dream. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. I'm very um, glad I've not watched this. So it's weird because it's like it feels like it was a way for them to show a sex scene between them, but without them actually ever having sex in the actual timeline, as it were. That's I don't think they point. actually get together or anything like that, but it certainly has that. And it's really weird because the whole film is very weird, I think. Uh, it feels just like, I think it's a cool idea yeah. having a Gregory, Gregory's Two Girls and having a sequel, and but it just doesn't, I don't think it's a very good film. But it's not Gregory's Two Girls, this no. is a Gregory's Girl. I do like the idea, though, of them of him being a teacher when he's older and teaching in the school that when he, of when yeah. he was... Yeah, the one thing that I do think is interesting is they obviously show how the school's changed since he was a, a, a yes. kid there. And the one thing that they show is that the kids don't play football anymore. They play American football. Ugh. And loads of the girls are cheerleaders now. And Ew. he, And he, yeah, him and the other teacher are basically like, that's fucking disgusting. But I feel like the teacher-pupil vibe is something that's, that is kind of alluded to in Gregory's Girl, and it is quite uncomfortable, but it, it doesn't is. really go anywhere. No. And I really didn't enjoy that aspect of it. No. I feel like it, uh, it, So it, I think it's so weird that that was the theme that they were like, that's what we should bring back for, for, and for like, the And like Gregory's Girl, basically. like... Gregory's girl is from the perspective of the students like Gregory is a protagonist the other characters are all students so it's like yeah okay a lot of people have crushes on their teachers and there's nothing wrong with having a crush on your teacher and so like if they showed 
one of them having a crush on their teacher that's like one thing but for, for it to be reciprocated and even like alluded to it being acted on that is just like not okay obviously no definitely I think that I think that if I was gonna like go for that I would have written it as Gregory's in a position where a like young girl mm-hmm. obviously has a crush on him yeah and he's just trying to awkwardly like have a distance between them but with whilst also being a good teacher and not like yeah. meaning that she can't have any actual education from him and him just exactly. trying to navigate the awkwardness of that situation I think that could have been a cool thing but they 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 turned it the other way around yeah, they took it they took it, it too far the other way but I do like the idea of it being like American vandal Scottish vandal you could say Scottish vandal Scottish vandal I'm so sorry <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> There's been a murder. Can we just quickly acknowledge how they say bra at the beginning? But they go, they go the full word. Brasserie. I can't say that word even in my accent, let alone, uh, yeah, that. But every time they say it, say it, it's like, oh, I fucking felt that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a real mouthful. But yeah. Should we do some astrological interpretations? Let's do it. So let's start with our our guy, Mr. Gregory. You fucking nailed the interpretation last episode. I know, and I and I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the the heat, not from you or literally anyone other than myself. But I'm like, you know, when you start saying something and you're like, oh my god, this is the smartest thing anyone has ever said in the history yeah. of language. <laughs> That's how I felt last time. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Gregory. I, I could, think, no offence, but I could see him being a Gemini. I Well, I think he is 100% an air sign. Yeah. I, I, He's I, not a Libra. No, I would, I would, I wrote down Aquarius for him, but I can see him being a Gemini. Why can you see him being a Gemini? Well, firstly, let's rule out Libra because... That scene at the beginning when he's just like turning things on and just leaving his electric toothbrush on his yes. his weirdly discordant vibe. Yes. I just don't see a Libra being like that, basically. No, 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 no. I don't really see him as being and then I would would say he's a Gemini because he is just so into his feelings. Mm. It's just his feelings are horny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah his feelings are horny um, and I respect that and he's just very up in his feelings mm-hmm. um but also his feelings change quite quickly and easily um and he's also very I think he's also quite like he is quite like uh personable and well and his quite, relationship with his sister the as well yeah he is clearly got some sort of like emotional depth and he's clearly quite bright as well but just doesn't put any effort into that into that f into that side of him because he just needs a motivation for it i wouldn't say he's an aquarius because i feel like he's i think i feel like gemini's tend to be just like a little bit more grounded than aquarius yeah and also i feel like aquarius tends to have more well in a cliched way aquarius obviously tends to have a bit more kind of an eye on the macro yes yes I think that's right and and like the way you've described him and his like personable yet weird yet loyal yet 
fickle nature is very Gemini and I think that he he can seem a little inconsistent but that's because he's a teenager but also I think it would make a lot of sense if that's also because he's Gemini and, and they can come across on the surface we can come across on the surface as a little bit one day we're one thing and one day we're the other and how come it's different but I I think that his like relationship with his sister is is very like loving and he clearly just completely dotes on her and he's you know he's confident but not cocky and I yeah I like I like the idea of him being a Gemini I think yeah that I think that's right do we feel any strong urges on any of his other placements I Venus feel, or Mars, perhaps? I feel like his Venus could be somewhere like Cancer or Pisces. Like, yeah. He's a feeler of the feelings, you know? And, I feel and I, like the first time he gets his heart broken, I feel like Madeline, his sister, is going to have her work cut out yes. doing the inevitable clear up operation I completely agree <laughs> I completely agree and that's why I said Pisces or cancer because I was like that's a lot that's a lot when paired with a with an air sign sun I, I say this as Gemini sun cancer Venus like with a sister called Maddie as well with a sister called Maddie <laughs> who is an Aquarius like this is all this oh is my. actually my autobiography <laughs> um, <laughs> In your previous life as a as a teenage Scottish boy in the eighties, <laughs> I was reincarnated as yeah. But um, yeah, I I like him being a Gemini with yeah like a watery Venus. I feel that Dorothy is a Sagittarius. Yeah, that makes sense. She is, I because I feel like like we were saying like Ge- I feel like Gemini is the most grounded of the uh, of the air. Signs. I feel like Sagittarius is the most grounded of the fire signs and she, mm. is, she is very she's confident but not cocky she's loud but not gobby she's fun but not like chaotic and mm. I, I don't know and I think that she's just so firmly on her own path but does also have like human connection and like values friendship and values like you know companionship and all those things it just I don't know I just remember when I was watching it and thinking about the astrology of it I was like she just seems like a Sagittarius to me and Gemini's and Sagittarius do get on so it would make sense why she would then be be close and and have have an instant albeit platonic spark but a spark nonetheless with with Gregory she wants to move to Italy mm-hmm. she's got ambition she wants to travel you can tell that there's a little bit of fire behind her eyes, mm-hmm. but she she has a good lid on it. She doesn't wear the fire on her sleeve. She's very cool and collected, but got a goal. She's yeah. a very classic Sagittarius. Completely agree. What about, what about Susan? I think Susan's the hardest to say out of them. I, I do have a couple too. of thoughts. Okay, tell me your thoughts. Tell me. Your no, thoughts. you go first. You go okay. First. I well, firstly, I agree because we don't really get a lot of time with Susan. We get maybe ten minutes of screen time with her throughout the whole film. We meet her right at the end. So I had to base my musings off what kind of a person would do this. Would would cultivate mm. a such an elaborate plan to go on a date with this. Let's face it, average guy. Um, and I think that a Scorpio would do that. 
And I think that a Scorpio would want to do that. The mystery and the chase is part of the fun. And I think that they would find that kind of sexy. Yes, Scorpio was one of my two choices. because, okay. And I had the exact same uh, mindset of being like, who would do this? Yes. Scorpio, I think, is one of the... And you know, and she she walks him home, and mm-hmm. she goes for the kiss. Yeah, she's very forward. Yeah. Um, but also like, I think that people forget that Scorpio is a water sign. Yeah. And they do have a certain go with the flow vibe, mm-hmm. even if they're very different to the other water signs on some level. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like really clear because like. When Gregory does his, oh, I like to lie down on the floor and just dance, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, she's like a bit like, what the fuck? But then she instantly gets into it. And I think that's very like going with the flow and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I think Scorpio is probably the best fit. My wild card suggestion is a wild card. Okay. Which was Taurus. Okay. Talk me through it. Talk me through it. I can hear that you don't believe me. And I don't know if I believe me, but this was just the thought I had. It's not that I don't believe now, you. It's just that the thought hadn't crossed my mind. But I'm interested to hear what you have to say always. But, well, because to go back to it, it's just this is the plan that she came up with. This is the bonkers plan that mm. somehow seamlessly worked. Mm-hmm. So this is a planner. Yeah. This is someone who sits in their bedroom contemplating, pushing piece Mm. to piece, deciding who will slot into where. Mm. The plan was forged through the power of friendship, the bonds that she had with her nearest and dearest who could be trusted to hold a secret and execute her plan to perfection. Mm -hmm. This, I think, is quite an earth vibe. I really like that analogy. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's not going to be Capricorn or Virgo, but if if she's going to be an earth sign, she's going to be a Taurus. I feel like she could potentially have her, like, Mars and Venus in Taurus or something like that Mm. because I feel like that would make her very like romantically indulgent but also very like practically like sensible and well thought out like Mars in Taurus I've got my Mars in Taurus don't you have your Mars in Taurus yeah like I feel like that's why we're both quite like when we when we do something we do it quite methodically yeah. And, and like for someone who's basically got all of her other placements in water and air signs methodically doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily the kind of word that would spring to mind but because of my Mars in Taurus I feel like I can be very functional and practical and like logical when it comes to like approaching a task especially a big task and so I feel like if her Venus and her Mars were in Taurus with her son in Scorpio that would like make her the most efficiently romantic person in the world 
That's a very good point. Yeah, okay. I like that. Yeah, I just felt that she had something a, a little bit Taurus about her. I completely agree. I'm glad that you said it because I hadn't really thought about her other placements. And like, I do think she could be a Taurus sun, but I like the idea of her sun, Mars and Venus all like working together to, to form this this whole person that is super. Yeah, because some, sometimes people's placements are quite contradictory yeah in some ways but obviously all um it all comes together on some way I'm Scorpio rising but Sagittarius moon and you could say those are quite contradictory well yeah Uh, yeah you know I love both of our Scorpio rising so much I feel like they protect us from the bitches they do (laughs) they do they do um so I don't know if there's anyone else I could no, analyze. I think that's it for for, for, for the astrology of yeah. the piece. Um, but moving on to the soundtrack. Um, so I did a little digging about this. So it was composed by a man called Colin Tully, who only died this year in, tw- in 2021 over the summer, RIP in peace. And I found out that he was paid £750 to write the soundtrack. And he took that deal instead of taking a deal based on the percentage of the profits from the film which uh, is just a, such a shot himself in the foot situation because obviously the film, did, the film did way better than expected. So I feel like they weren't expecting to really make any money on it. And now it's become sort of like a classic in a lot of ways. And I just think, oh my God, 750 quid. I know that money, inflation, blah, blah. But like, that's not a lot no, of money. Well, to crunch the numbers, the budget was too, according to Wikipedia, the budget was £200,000 and the box office was a very specific £25,786,112 and that's not even including DVD sales, video sales, what came before video. Um, I was going to say they put, did they put films on vinyls but they they didn't do that, that would be crazy. Maybe they did, no they didn't. Um, So he must have missed out on easily like half a million pound. Yeah. He Imagine. must have fucking been spending the past 40 years kicking himself. I hope I you can rest been. in peace now. Yeah, peace Colin. But um, fucking idiot, Colin. Yeah, um but the soundtrack, I mean it was um it was nice. I don't really have a lot to say about it. Yeah, that's so true. Cassie, it's has, nice. Ha, do you want to tell everyone what your thoughts are for the uh, music musical inclusion of this episode, or are you gonna oh. let, leave it as a to the element of surprise? No, no, no. So Susan is played by Claire Grogan, mm-hmm. who was in Altered Images, who did the song "Happy Birthday." Happy Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. So I feel like that's on the unofficial soundtrack. The unofficial soundtrack I love being created by me. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, but yes, I, I, I mean, the, the soundtrack is, it's not like, you know, there's no like scenes at the karaoke bar where like there's like pop bangers playing. It's, it's very much like an ambient soundtrack sort of thing, but it, it works really well and you know it, it makes the film 
the sort of slow burn that it is and it and it works well um that brings us on to the final segment before we rank can I, I just say now that i am worried when you said that they have been redubbed yes. with anglicized scottish accents like mm-hmm. i watched it on amazon like i'm worried that that's the version that i watch because there was bits when Madeline sounded dubbed but no one else did so so I was doing some reading about this for the trivia section and apparently when this film was released in America they released a dubbed version with less strong Scottish accents so that the American viewer could understand and enjoy the film which I just think is crazy but I also watched it on Amazon because it's free um on on prime if anyone has prime um Mm -hmm. and now you've made me think did i watch the dubbed version but surely amazon in the uk would not have the american dubbed version from the 80s well i'm watch i I, so it does not have very it says look at details the details are puny and it's just the reviews and no one says oh this is the dubbed version so i think we watched the original i feel like we would have been able to tell because like no matter how good the dubbing is like there's always going to be like sync issues especially from like the early 80s like with yeah the, with the yeah yeah the, the 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 audio and the visual not not aligning so i feel like we would know but how cra- i do think that is crazy that they like had to dub the scottish accent for american like, it, viewers it freaks it freaks me out how people were able to edit and redub and do things like that with yeah. analog technology it yeah? is so crazy like is there footage of people doing that back in the day it freaks be. me out like like how did they edit films in the really olden days when everything had to be projected but they literally just like holding it up to the light and cutting it and po- pasting it down mm-hmm. like how did but then how do they make multiple copies of that fucking olden day people were so clever so but clever. also kind of stupid i always think how did <laughs> how did ancient civilizations build pyramids without computers calculators electricity it's well, crazy i mean yeah because they've got to work out the angle to cut the stones yeah so yeah it's uh honestly i would not have survived a day in like ancient egypt i would just be like i've got no skills i'm useless i can't even read the news properly and they were they really really were able to use the nile flooding to use irrigation very cleverly and the Mm. nile doesn't even flood now because it's been fucked around with by humans so much. Fuck's sake. Sometimes progress is actually not... Regression. Progress. (laughs) Anti-progress. I don't know. (laughs) No, I was was gonna say no guess, so... (laughs) I think we need to rank this film. (laughs) Yes. Um... What are you going to give it? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it really holds up mostly well. I I think it is 
gentle and fun and doesn't take itself too seriously and I really liked it yeah I'm gonna give it an eight too I think that there are some bits of it that really age and date it mm-hmm. and that's just that's just what happens when you watch comedies that are older that that's what happens when you watch a comedy that's just come out sometimes you can have that feeling but and I think that you but you know you watch a a film that's very comedic leaning 40 years later and there will be things that you're like I cannot believe that people were just being very casual about that at the time yeah yeah um and so I think that makes that it not a perfect film at all um and you know but I think it's just such a charming film. It's so like, um, it's so, it's not, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything too much. It doesn't do anything too little. It's just like a nice little film. Exactly. Highly recommend. um, What occasion would you, would you, would you watch this? What's the vibe for watching it? Okay. I would watch it with, um, a family member yeah I would watch it on like I said I watched it on a morning I was eating my breakfast I was drinking a cup of tea it was I was getting ready for the day it was a nice gentle start to the day um yeah those I, I think I would like to show it like to my my soon-to-be 15 year old brother one day because I feel like it was like a nice like reflection on like teenage love and like romance and intimacy and you know flirting and all of those things I think this would be a great one to watch when you are like visiting your family and it's on the telly yes at Christmas or something yeah yeah I think it's that kind of vibe I think so too well that was such a fun film thank you for recording this episode with me oh my god it was so fun and um yeah thank you everyone for listening we'd love to hear your thoughts on the film and the episode um you can email us you only love once pod at gmail.com or dm us on instagram at you only love once pod um is gregory cancelled <laughs> yeah Tell please let us know um so as you will be listening to this if you're listening when it is released it is october aka spooky season so we thought that for our next film we would celebrate that season and we would watch the film freaky which is um a body swap comedy horror Mm -hmm. thing i've not seen it before neither have i um it came out this year mm-hmm. and uh we're gonna a watch fresh it for you something a little bit different uh something a little bit scary um and something we think that even if you only like rom-coms hopefully you will still enjoy either watching this film or just listening to the episode of the pod about it um because it will be a bit scary you know we will probably put content warnings about if we discuss any sort of violent things in it um but um we've not watched it yet so we don't know what they will be <laughs> mm, mm, well, obviously obviously but yeah we'll see yeah. you we'll see you then Woo, spooky spooky bye 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 bye